Billy Joe would burst into our dressing room and go, hey, guys, guys, tits food for the lads. <laughs> and then run back and uh, Trey Cool would be doing the same. Welcome. We are Neil, Luke and Dave. 340-somethings reminiscing on the runners and riders of 90s guitar music. We look at the bands who soundtracked our youth on both sides of the pond and interview some of our heroes from the bands that defined a generation. You'll hear about the good, the bad and the ugly of 90s guitar music. This podcast is stupid and contagious. Welcome to episode 26 of the Stupid and Contagious podcast. It's a fun one, this one, isn't it? Got Adam from China Drum on. Really nice guy. So looking forward to yeah. sharing that with everyone. Before we get into this week's episode, how is everyone? Dave went out on the piss like a teenager the other day, night, didn't you, Dave? Oi, oi, Savaloy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, all Friston did a pub crawl. <laughs> There's only how many pubs are there? Uh, about six. Oh, really? In that little village? You only have four pints, though. I know, but a lot of the pubs now, they don't close at 11 anymore. They just close when everyone's, there's hardly any customers left. You didn't go till mm. six then, did you? No, so the the smugglers closed at 10. Right. How many did you go went, to, Dave? We just went to two. <laughs> <laughs> right. You went to two pubs and had four pints and woke up with a hangover. That's brilliant. Oh, it wasn't just a hangover. I was, I thought I was going to be sick. I just managed to keep it down. Mate, I'm with you all the way, man. I, any, any, anything over two pints these days and I wake up, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked. No, I don't drink, do I, for this very reason? I think my drink was spiked. <laughs> no, you're just, just you're just old, man. You're just old. That's what happened. Oh, it was horrible. Well, I'm all right now. But did you have a good time? He walked home with a traffic cone on his head. <laughs> um, didn't you? I was only out for two and a half hours. Well, that's right. Four pints in two it. and a half hours. That's not bad going. Yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Mm. You had a whiskey on the when you got home, though, didn't you? Yeah, just while we were watching, we were watching Vigil, so I had a whiskey while I watched that. But then, yeah, that must have been the nail in the coffin. I reckon yeah. that might have done it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Luke, have you done anything that crazy this week or? Nothing as absolutely mental as Dave's debauchery, yeah. his bender. It's uh, fucking mental in Berwick, isn't it? <laughs> Berwick's like the place to be. People go fucking mad over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. I didn't go on a bender like Dave. No, no. <laughs> Is anyone going to go ask me what I've done? Uh, Dave, are you interested, Dave? I'm a bit short of time, that's all. Uh, <laughs> I haven't done anything anyway. <laughs> No, Neil, what have you done? I haven't done anything. You've bought a van, haven't you? Fuck, yeah, go on. Go on, yeah, tell us about a van, it. I'm going to live in it, aren't I? Bought a big yellow van. He's already plotting his next YouTube project for when he ditches yeah. us. Right. That's no, a good no, idea. No, no. Not ditching you guys, but yeah, I'm going to build a van and, and live in it, hopefully. That's the idea. Why not? Brilliant. The open road. That's it, man. There's only one way of life. I think you're committing treason for trying to live on the road. Bastards. You yeah, show them, man. You show fucking you, will. You show Thatcher. Yeah, no, that's on. what I'm doing. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to shove it to the man. Fuck them. Yeah. That's about it, really. I'm trying to think if I've watched anything of musical notation. Of what? <laughs> it's not the right way. I said that wrong. <laughs> it's all good, man. 
I watched a couple of documentaries, just the ones that were uh, recommended on the Facebook page. The L7 mm. one I watched, which was really oh, have good. Have you watched it? Was it good? Mm. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. 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 yeah it's yeah. amazing. They they made no money. They just got fucked over really? by the record company and everything. Well, that's yeah. interesting. I didn't know that. I'll have to have a watch. What What's the other one? Uh, that Swedish one you were talking about last time. Oh, did you enjoy pop, it? Swedish indie pop one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it long, was a badly it? made documentary. Oh, it's long. Long is okay, but it was it was not it was not a well made film. But the, no, no. it was interesting. A lot of stuff I didn't know, right? So that's that's the main. Yeah, thing. yeah. Some of the bands on there are definitely I'm definitely going to go and have a listen to. It's my kind of music. I, I really liked it. Really? really, sort of melodic, sort mm. of pop, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's a bit bit twee for me, but I, I yeah, I, I know. Some... I didn't think you'd like it. Yeah, yeah. Not all of it, but um, I liked yeah, you know, I liked finding out stuff I didn't know. I mean, I remember at the time you were never a massive Kent fan, whereas I, I quite liked him. But... Yeah. Well, I wasn't, actually. Dave's a Kent guy. Yeah, but yeah. actually, I haven't, I haven't heard their album in English. It's worth listening to. It's, it's all right. Yeah. yeah I quite well. liked it. I really liked the Cardigans' first album as mm. well, which was just completely off the wall, really, compared to all the other stuff that was about. What do you mean, off the wall? Why was it off the wall? It's they're a guitar band, right? But they didn't sound like any other guitar band, and because of her voice, really, it's just completely yeah, it's that unique vocal. A unique, <laughs> it was quite a unique vocal. Yeah, it's quite loungy and laid back, wasn't it? it was, I quite liked it. They had some great songs, the Cardigans. They really did. There's some great songs. Yeah, yeah, they were great. I bet I did have a bit of a crush on her at the time as well. I remember. Yeah, a lot of people did. I think, think we all did, mate. Right, so let's get into this week's uh, episode. Adam from China Drum. If you are watching this on YouTube, then please do subscribe to the channel. Give it a thumbs up and leave a comment below. And if you're listening, rate, review, do all the things it asks you to do so the podcast can get found. Wikipedia really lazy on this one. English punk rock band. <laughs> I see. I think they'd probably be happy with that. Um, I, 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 I mean, I, I wrote down pop punk power trio. Yeah, you love a power trio, don't you? I do, I do. Although on their on their band Bandcamp page, they describe themselves as alternative indie band with a punk ethos. But I think well, I think that that kind of misses the whole kind of pop aspect to to their sound, which was a big part of who they who they were. You know, maybe not who they are now, yeah, but think, yeah. it was who they were at the in the beginning. You know. I think so, yeah. Uh, tell us tell us a little bit more about them, Luke. So, started way back in 1986 in uh, 86. Northumberland. What were you doing yeah. in 86? Um, I was probably trying to see who had whose whose watch had the the deepest uh, waterproofness with my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big thing meters. when you were like 10 or 11, wasn't it? As I if you were ever going to go down that far. You die at 50 metres. You're dead, but your watch is still going. You were king, man, if you got one of those. I had a watch that told the time in 25 different countries. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I still I still rock a Casio Digital, as you can see. Bet you fucking it. Was it gold-plated one? Silver, silver, not real. Dave, 86, what are you up to? Yeah, going out, lot, seeing lots of bands, you know, going down the pub a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. I was nine. Yeah. yeah smoking, yeah. weren't you? Yeah. 
You were playing Sabutio, Neil, yeah, setting up there. Yeah, now. probably. Uh, there might have been, I think I started Sabutio in 87, 88. No, no, later than that, 89 maybe. Well, you mean when you were too old for it, you started it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It took me a while to get into the cold game, didn't it? You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> 86 I started. Uh, started off playing in a pig shed, as he talks about in the, in the interview. Yeah, I love that. Uh, an, an actual shed for pigs. Um, but they didn't actually start releasing stuff until uh, 93, so a good, you know, seven or eight years after they started. Yeah, it's a long time. It is, yeah. Same with Smash, right? Mm. These kind of big, long gaps between starting and putting things out. Yeah, but if you think about it, it's not that long. If you think how recently 2020 seems. That's because we're old, though. When you're young, that's a long time. Yeah, when you're in a band, it feels like you've been doing it for... Yeah. Main Street only had a, a four, four, four five-year career. Oh, it felt like decades. I mean, <laughs> career is an interesting word, isn't it? <laughs> the career of the band. Yeah, yeah. I mean, flexible, flexible word, isn't it, career? Start putting out singles. Uh, John Peel played, I think, their first single, as he did for a lot of, lot of bands, right? And they actually released loads of singles um, mm. um, before they released their first album, which wasn't actually released until uh, 96. Yes, yeah, so that's 10 years, isn't it? So Goose Fair, basically their kind of most kind of melodic poppy uh, record. I really like it. Um, I hits from I there, Last Chance, Biscuit Barrel. Yeah, that's good. And uh, Secret Track was um, their cover of Wuthering Heights as the bonus track. Yeah, Goose, Goose Fair is brilliant. I, I really like it. And um, yeah, got a lot of attention. Started touring with loads of bands, most notably Green Day. Um, but Green Day themselves were starting out at this point as well, so they weren't the massive band um, that they would become. They talk about he talks about in the interview he went on they went on their ducky tour, didn't they? When that was just sort of dropping, and Mike Durnt he wore a China Drum T-shirt in the uh, when I come around video. Must have helped, surely. Sure. But yeah, Green Day. Yeah, they weren't they weren't the massive band they are now, but they were still they were on their way, weren't they? Hmm. But do you think they're quite a similar band? China Drum wouldn't be insulted to think if I thought they sounded like Green Day, would they? No. Or maybe no, vice I versa. So. I did. They're quite to me. They're quite a similar sound. But would you call Green Day punk? Oh man, <laughs> to, to Americans, Green Day like the definition of punk, right? Or to people younger, yeah. they're like the definition of punk. I don't think they are, right. but there you go. I I really didn't like Green Day then, but I think now I I can listen to it and think that ah, quite like that. I don't know. I do like Green Day, but there's something about like, well, they must be nearly 60, right? Mm. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't really work for me. Old punks. The drummer freaks me out. He really looks <laughs> fucking, what's his name? I can't remember what his name is. He looks fucking weird with his eyeliner and stuff now. Okay. Okay. Is there, is there an age <laughs> limit on, on wearing eyeliner? No, well, not, uh, not I, always, I like but some people, some people can pull it off, but I just don't think he can. But I don't know. Yeah. It's starting to look a bit weird, I think. Yeah. But I really liked that album when it came out, Took It. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Also played with Ash and Supergrass and um, other kind of, you know, poppy, lively, punky, happy bands, you know? Yeah. Which they were. Yeah. And they played with uh, maybe Compulsion as well, didn't they? Who I think they very did similar indeed. in sounding, really. That would have been a great gig to go to, I reckon. Yeah, well, played that. Well, played with them. Well, it, again, we won't give it away, but in the interview, he talks about 
when and where they play. Um, they yeah. also went out and played um, in Bosnia uh, around this time. There's a there's a little interview on YouTube that. with them talking about yeah. it. Yeah, which is cool. If you remember back mm. to our episode with uh, Nigel from Dodgy, and I mentioned it in there, they went they did a, a similar thing as well when they turned down Nebworth and went out to Bosnia instead. So, That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few bands were kind of doing that at the time, you know, which is, which is really cool, you know. So that was 96. Second album came out just a year later in 97, a self-made maniac. Um, got got pretty bad reviews, basically. Um, mm. I, I don't understand. I like it. Yeah, I thought it was good. Just the music press going. The fickle music press, isn't it? Yeah, they're just making stuff up. Yeah, I, I, read, I read a couple of like... Um, what's the word? Contemporaneous uh, reviews of it. And they were like... They were just saying stuff it wasn't, you know. They were saying, you know, it's, mm. it's all a kind of aggressive, all the pop's gone. And it, I don't think it has. I think it's just as poppy and melodic as the first one, I think. But. Yeah. A lot of people just talked a lot of shit back then, I think. Well, they probably still do. I don't really read uh, music mags anymore. But. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they basically didn't do so well. And then in 1998, a year after that, um, Jan from Compulsion um, joined That's them right. uh, as a drummer. So they were a four-piece mm. now with uh, our guest Adam just uh, taking on frontman uh, duties. Yeah. And basically they changed their whole sound and they changed it so much they thought they needed to change their name as well. So they became The Drum. Yeah, because I think Jan took more of a, a writing role as well. So they, they mm. wanted it to reflect that it was a different band sort of thing. Um, resulting in their third album, uh, Diskin, in 2000. I really, really like this album. I say, I say to him, but I hadn't, I hadn't heard it. I didn't know about it until, um, until we were getting ready to, to talk to him. And yeah. I think I, it's like kind of experimental. I hear like six by seven. Uh, I hear right. nine inch nails. Yeah. I hear post hardcore. I hear like really cool stuff. And then I, I was re- getting ready to do this today. And I went back and I found an old enemy review of it at the time. And they said it sounded like fucking placebo. I like placebo. It doesn't. But it doesn't so sound do I. Like but it now. doesn't sound anything like placebo. And I was like, "Fuck off!" No. You know, that's although. <laughs> although you say I, I did, I didn't mind placebo. That was one of the worst concerts I've ever been to. Was a placebo day was boring Awful. as fuck. It was so bad. It was really boring. Yeah. yeah, it was terrible. I think I've seen them live at a festival, and again, I don't think they were great. Weird, isn't it? Most bands are better live, but maybe they're just one of those that aren't. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's not very good. I put them in the same category as Muse. Yeah, yeah, kind of. But I don't think the moustache and eyeliner thing works for 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 him these days. <laughs> these days, <laughs> right? Can I say that? Right. I think it just looks can. a bit it's weird. It doesn't look good. Yeah, I, th- I think it just looks a bit weird. Uh, I think he yeah. did look good back in the day. With the... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a good-looking... Yeah. The androgynous thing going. It, it worked. It worked well when, yeah, I guess. Yeah. People literally didn't know when he did that Top of the Pop performance, whether he was male or female. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. That's great. We've got to look at some pictures of him. Yeah, just look at the more recent ones. He's got long hair and a moustache and eyeliner. It just doesn't really... I don't mind the moustache. What's wrong with it? Oh, see? Well, subjective, isn't it? There you it? go. You can... I you don't go. really like moustaches, I guess. Is that because Nigel had one? He's got a beard. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nigel's Neil's dad for for listeners, and he looks he looks exactly like Chuck Norris. 
<laughs> he does, man. He does. He's pretty badass. So basically, uh, the drum broke up uh, pretty soon uh, after that in the same year, in 2000. Um, we formed in 2013 and have just been touring sporadically. Um, they put out um, kind of an album. They put out an album uh, last year, um, which is pretty good. And if you go to their band camp, there's loads of really cool stuff. There's like cover versions. They've got loads of like acoustic stuff um, that they've done up there. They just seem to kind of like chuck up anything they want on, on band camp. So if you want to hear what they've been up to. It's got their first ever gig on there or something. They do a lot of acoustic stuff now, don't they? And it just sounds like mm. a fun night out. It's because Adam's a really funny guy anyway. And I think it's just yeah. a mixture of them playing acoustic tunes and having a laugh. So, yeah, I was watching a couple of saw a couple of uh, videos on YouTube of those acoustic nights. It's good. It's good. Mm. It looks fun. Yeah. Okay, so let's have a listen to the interview. Here's Adam from China Drum. Enjoy. Adam, thanks for coming on the the podcast. Uh, um, how is everything at the moment? Everything's really really cool actually um we um have um me and bill got together about when was it well it was probably about two years ago when he turned up on my doorstep after 13 years of not being anywhere yeah. um and uh, he had he said he had about 30 songs so i said right okay let's go let's do it and he brought them down and we started the thing and we brought the first album out and we've got another collection of songs that we're working on now so yeah. It's uh, it's going really well, and we've got some acoustic gigs sorted as well, mm. which is uh, which is nice to do. Yeah, 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 brilliant. Yeah, I, congratulations on the on the album. It's, it's like you never went away. The new album, it's great. It, it, do you love it? Actually, I do. Yeah, yeah, really I've, like I've it. Had yeah. Some <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we've had. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, people are expecting um, one, two, three, four punk rock let's go type of stuff and, mm. and you know they, we're not we were never like that anyway i was gonna Your say that you never were yeah. Okay. yeah yeah so um but it, it was just the support that we did with green day and stuff like right. that it, it kind of gave us the label to live up to if you know what i mean but no one actually mm. listened to us when we did support them anyway so they, oh. they never got it until they just they just read the press crickets oh you've supported green day so you must be like green day do you know what i mean but but you know you, you know you know yourselves it, it, it's it's not the way it happens so yeah but, yeah how was that how was that green day to, to oh it was have... mental man absolutely mental <laughs> it was just as dookie was breaking so oh, yeah. you can imagine the fucking hysteria it's okay to swear isn't it yeah, yeah, yep. it's yeah. it's mandatory. We are us encouraged. <laughs> it's encouraged. Yeah. So the mayhem and madness that ensued just from day one was just unbelievable. From the Green Day lads themselves teaching them how to speak Geordie, um, <laughs> you know, them firing quotes from the, the the Viz comic, you know, the, the yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And Sid the Sexist was the was the favorite character. So uh, <laughs> Billy Joe would burst into our dressing room and go, "Hey guys, guys, tits food for the lads," <laughs> and then run back. <laughs> and uh, Trey Cool would be doing the same. Yeah, I maybe mean, we just got on really well with them because it it was it was such a good time for them 
it was mm. a good time for us. It was the sort of first-ish sort of major support slot that we'd got. Um, and we were just going, fucking hell, this yeah, is yeah, mint. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a great What were the crowds about. like on the oh, tour? yeah, absolutely. The crowds were, yeah, really responsive, really good. Um, they were, um, I mean, I was stage diving at the end of each, each sort of gig for us. At the end of each show for us, I was, you know, jumping in the crowd and get myself to the bar. <laughs> it was the quickest way to do it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can we just take you right the way back to the beginning? It's late 80s. Is yeah, that... yeah, late yeah, 80s. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Somewhere. Started, well, I got first drum kit in 1986, so I was 16. Yeah. So you started the band. You're somewhere very far up north from us. We're we're Brighton boys, so we're right down the south. But right, yeah. So you're not a million miles away from Hastings, then? No, right? no, 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 not at all. No, so that that's where you know we have we reformed for a while with um, John and Kate, who yeah. uh, who came standing in for drums for, for for me, and John came on guitar because Bill was AWOL. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so they're living down in Hastings now. So that's why we haven't been able to get together to rehearse to do the fmr gigs yeah rather than just you know start doing acoustic shows and and if the ball keeps rolling the way it's rolling then we'll get together and, and we'll be able to afford to rehearse and and get together as a, a as a five piece even which is what it'll be you know by then yeah 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 um so yeah, yeah. so back yeah back back to 1986 yeah of course 87 <laughs> yeah let's go back to 86 yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just explain to us how the how the band will come together. Just for people. Okay, that well, don't know. obviously, me and Dave were in the same school year together, so we always talked about being in a band. We always, um, his brother had a drum kit, which I used to borrow, uh, and he had a bass guitar, and then Bill used to join him with a guitar and stuff like that. It was just like a, a get together in at Dave's house. Um, and then I got a drum kit in 1986 for my 16th birthday, uh, and we started rehearsing in the pig shed, and, uh, and that was down. At that was literally Mount a pig shed, right? Um, which it was literally a, was a cool shed venue built to house pigs. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it would be a brilliant, brilliant name for a venue, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah. For that. Uh, so, uh, uh, so yeah, it. It, I mean, in the summer it smelled the pig piss and stuff nice, like that, nice. and then in the winter it, there was no heating whatsoever, so fucking freezing. Oh, especially up, up there, yeah. And then in the summer, hence, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's nice to have a permanent place to rehearse, though, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. We were so lucky to have that because we mm. were um, relentless with the rehearsing. We were we were down most nights you know in yeah. in the evening times after work and stuff like that so um it was it was so brilliant to have that who was your uh who was your early sort of drum drum influences uh for me it was Stuart copeland was it was the oh, first nice. sort of drum drumming influence uh Stuart copeland the session drummers that used to play with funny you should say this but joan armatrade and stuff like that it was all these session yeah, yeah. music that my the rest of my older family used to listen to that I used to hear the drummer and I go fuck hell how the hell do they do that and then but the yeah. session drummer they wouldn't be you no know, you know named in the yeah. band or anything yeah until yeah. I came across Stuart Copeland in, in in the police and just went I want to be like him 
<laughs> yeah, he's a great, great drummer, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And a nice guy. He comes across as a, a, a cool guy as well. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, I, and, and I like a bit of the police. He does a lot of composing as well, film scores and stuff like mm. that, which is which is awesome, you know. I, I'm not yeah. that clever. <laughs> uh, who else were you listening to? So, uh, not not necessarily for drums, but just who else were you listening to? Yeah, so nineteen eighty six time, I was listening to Husker Do. Me and Dave went heavily into Husker Do, uh, Stiff Little Fingers, um, The Clash, uh, The Stranglers. I was heavily into uh, um, New Order, and then um, you know, and Dave was listening to a lot of Queen stuff. He was listening to. Um, who else was he listening to? He, he'd come up with better names, but uh, I, I kind of like the the meat cons and uh, the vibrators and stuff like that. It sort of late sort of seventies punk and and post punk yeah. stuff like that. Mm. I don't the answer. I used to like when I was a kid. Oh, nice, me too. So, nice. Well, twelve, thirteen years old, I was heavily into Adam and the Ants, and, and yeah, yeah, you know, it, it was good crack. You know, it was good to be part of a team. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting that you said about Husker Do because we were we purposely weren't going to ask you about obviously you playing drums and singing because it's a you know cliched question that you probably get asked all the time. But obviously with the Husker Do thing, they had a similar dynamic. Yeah, well they, they did. <laughs> Is that... it, it, it was no. Grant Hart to me was uh, mm. the epitome. Well, it was it basically it said to me that you could do it. You know, mm. it wasn't a no no. Because yeah. I could do it physically. It wasn't it wasn't the physical thing that was stopping us doing it. It was just like, mm. well, the drumming, singing, mm. really. Yeah. And it was like, well, no, I'm gonna fucking do it. And yeah. so we did. But it, you know, it, when we first started playing, we <laughs> oh my god. We used to play the clubs and play stiff fingers covers and clash covers and stuff like that. And we yeah. could do some um and you know, so I'd end up singing the whole lot. Um and People would be standing there going, "Wait, you, you're miming because this singer's not even on stage." Heaked out, blew their minds. Yeah, man, totally blew their minds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you, were you ever tempted? Oh, I mean, great, to, to add add more members. Yeah, I mean, could do I, mean I, I we love we love a good power trio, but. Was there a reason why you left at U three, even if you were going to stay as a as a singing drama? No, we we did try. We did, we did think about it a couple of times. Uh, we had, um, I think it was 88, 80, 88, maybe, yeah, somewhere around there where we got a lad in called Dave, Dave the Bean. We called him because he only ate baked beans. So that's all he ever ate, um, and uh, <laughs> he did. He recorded. He told it wasn't much fun to be in the pig shed with. Oh, you want to be in a pig shed with Dave? No. Go on, so I interrupted you for it. I apologise. Yeah, so we, um, we got him in for a, a couple of... I think we did a demo at the bunker um, with Frankie Stubbs, I think. I seem to remember. Um, and uh, we, so we did that for a little while, and then I went back to be a, be a three-piece again. I, I was standing at the front going, fucking hell i want to hit something really hard here so yeah. um went back to the drum <laughs> oh, right. Cool. Right. yeah yeah um <clears throat> so what sort of bands were you listening to when you were sort of honing your china drum sound 
Yeah, so Huskadoo, um the clash of the stranglers, later stranglers stuff. Um wow. Mega City Four. Yeah, we spoke just, to Jerry um, a few weeks oh, ago. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, 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 lovely guys. The yeah. lovely lads, the Megas and uh misses it that Wiz is a, a massive miss for us. Yeah, um, yeah, he yeah. he was a huge inspiration for us and he gave us a lot of advice in the early days because we, we you know we we used to go see them at the our local venue called the Riverside in Newcastle mm-hmm. and they just packed the place out and we'd just have a ride. We'd get pissed and chuck demo tapes at them and stuff like that and then he picked he picked one of them up and then he yeah. got a phone call about a week later saying, uh, do you fancy coming on tour lads? Oh wow. Well, like, really? Really? That's that's amazing. Yeah. So it, it it was absolutely amazing, and on that tour, we um we were on the tour bus with them. So that was the first tour bus experience for us as well, and uh, yeah. got on really well with them. And and just a lovely bunch of lads, you know, absolutely lovely. And and yeah, just I, I can't express enough how um much they helped us on our way and 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 made sure that we that we we didn't do anything silly. You know what I mean? Like I mean, don't sign your yeah. publishing up too soon and stuff yeah, like yeah. that oh, that's that's great that they gave they were there to give you that advice oh, and ama- amazing that the whole chucking a demo tape it worked it could be the first time it's ever worked it did work, <laughs> it did work. yeah so it's these awesome. people these bands that say no there's no point you know what's but it can it can happen you've proved it you know you've got you've got to try you've got to try got to try and exactly. I mean, the amount of times we traipsed up and down the A1 down to London to do a gig where, you know, we got paid, what, tenner sometimes? And we'd yeah, paid for yeah, food yeah. and there was, there was three of us. And a, a, I mean, most of the time, there was just three of us on our own. Sometimes we took our mates. Sometimes we took yeah. uh, John Greatwood, our sound man, who um, ended up helping us with um, Goose Fair in the end. Um, yeah. He... he ended up being our permanent sound man um but he was just doing i think he was at New, newcastle uni and he was doing sound production there and uh a lad called rich who ended up being our guitar tech for a little while yeah so yeah but, so you mentioned mega city four other you know there were like leatherface and stuff i know you've been associated yeah, with yeah. and like i mean did you feel like part of like a scene that's like um Absolutely, especially in in Sunderland, Newcastle, we used to play the Broken Doll a lot. Uh, we used to play the Riverside with with the Megas eventually, and then Leatherface and mm. uh, Lithugs and um, mm. you know Five Thirty and stuff like that. And it was just oh, yeah, yeah. all it was it was all just I mean Five Thirty. I watched a, a, a YouTube thing of them, and it was yeah. like fuck, and they were awesome. They were great. Them. They were great. How the fuck did they explode into the universe and just go, listen to us? But yeah, it's just what happened. No idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just phenomenal voice on him, like absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always think of them as like a precursor to these animal men, 530. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. They did that kind of um, look about them, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, who else did they remind us of? Who a, a recent, not a recent one, but a, a recent three piece. Um, well, nineteen eighty six, more recent. Than, uh, <laughs> uh, that my son got really into, and I was like, they remind me of so many, and I couldn't 
place it and it was 5 30 who the reminder right. is of mm. yeah, yeah so i'm on the yeah, and census things as well another mint, yeah. mint band we're yeah we're big big census things fans and yeah. we have yeah. we have been on as well yeah yeah cool Cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's a lovely guy. And we well, we saw Leatherface with the sense of things at the time as well. So. Right. Yeah. 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 It's, it's just um, states. I mean, the the bands like that. I mean, we used to tour with with, with Leatherface quite a lot. We did another first one of our first tours was with Leatherface, and again we got on with Dicky so well. We just were like drinking, which was always a help. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was yeah, it was it was good. We just had. A fucking riot and then loved it <laughs> yeah. is that what those tours were like they, they're quite sort of uh pure no. yeah <laughs> oh, that's good then. Yeah. it was uh, that's it, what we want to think so well yeah exactly we'll think it because it's true it's true <laughs> <laughs> uh we we drank freely from the uh chalice of tomfoolery regularly <laughs> good good did you throw a tv out of a hotel window no, we we used to do silly things like throw the TV remote control out of the first floor window so we could go around <laughs> and pick it up, bring it back in, so we didn't get failed. <laughs> it's good enough, oh, man. It's... it's good enough. Yeah, well, yeah. that's punk, that was punk rock to us. We just stuck stuck a finger up to conformatism and didn't throw the TV out of the windows. Just we just kept doing sensible things. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what they expect you to do. Fuck that, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. Fuck the system, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess, like, so then, like, I, I think compared to someone like Leatherface, like China Drum basically broke out of the underground, right? I mean, how, how? I guess. Well, I think it was the the aid of doing um, support with Green Day was one of the one of the major things because I mean Green Day paid paid us out of their own pockets, you know. Oh wow! Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. and so just Green because they Day just liked paid... China Drum so much, they were just really yeah, into they, the band. Played, I think we did the first gig at the Garage in London with mm. Green Day. Uh, just yeah. as Dookie was coming out um, and they loved us and we loved them and, you know, we loved their sort of the whole ethos on, on stage and, and just not giving a shit and just fucking yeah. but playing, playing well, do you know what I mean? And and being, yeah. um, what's the word, conscientious that a crowd of people had paid a load of money to come and see you and it was a load of yeah. money to them because they, they were just kids, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so they yeah. saved up for fucking six months to buy a ticket for a gig. So, you know, they went on and did a, a performance, not not just hits a couple of songs. They, they went on and mm-hmm. performed. And um, I think we saw them do that and just thought, this is absolutely brilliant. The, the, the way they talked and included the crowd in what they were doing. And, you know, it, it wasn't a... Um, the, we hated the, the kind of... 80s glam metal poodle rock we used to call it because it was all show off put on the monitor and listen to my guitar solo isn't it fucking wanky and shit like that we hated all of that and green yeah. day used to take piss out of them any anybody heard it twisted sister and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah i mean that was a first a first foothold on on getting there get us noticed in in the business mm-hmm. as it were um and then as soon as we started touring with the Fly Medallions, uh, mm-hmm. we did a, a, a mini, a mini t- not a mini tour, but a, like a, a 
a semi-headline tour with them. So one night they'd headline and then next night we would headline and then we'd just swap around like that. Um, and uh, that was about the time that we got um, interest from a, a lot of record labels, obviously off the back of the Green Day thing, I think. Um, yeah. But they were, they were coming to the shows and they were going, yeah, yeah, and come out for a meal and shit like that. And we just, we just wanted to play music, you know. What I mean, we we just right. want to sing, and uh, but yeah, it was nice to have that interest. But it was also nice to go. Hold on a minute, we can turn this into a living because we, you know, Bill and Dave worked at the time. They they were mm, they yeah. Bill worked at the brewery, and Dave worked at the uh, TSB bank. Um, so I was picking them up on Friday afternoon in in the van, and then uh, yeah. driving down to London doing gigs, and then driving back up again. So it was generally a weekend of no sleep, you know, and and lots of bottles of Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, go on, Neil. Go. On. No, no, no. You carry on. I was just going to say. I mean, but there's there was quite a, quite a long gap between like starting out and then releasing records, right? I mean, do you think that that was, kind of extra yeah. time kind of helped you perfect the sound so that when the the debut album dropped it was just like a fully formed thing right did that do you think that's yeah well i mean most yeah most of the songs on goose fair were written during that period exactly what that we're talking about so we had um the first single we did ourselves so we did a self-finance single in 1993 uh, and that was around about the time that we were touring with mega city four um so we sold the single on tour uh we sold shirts on tour um you know off the back of the advice of magazine for saying bring a single out they'll sell bring your t-shirts out they'll sell uh, t-shirt uh, kings it, aren't they you know it, it'll it'll well exactly the merchandise yeah. kings them and it's atomic dustman man they would yeah yeah just yeah. And Carter. Massive, right? yeah 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 Carter, yeah I, I put carter's album on the other day man they fucking hell start crying how ridiculous right, right. Is that just because it just like haven't heard this for so long it's funny how yeah. you don't listen to stuff for ages and then you yeah. put it on you go fuck me man where was yeah. i when this happened and, and it, it it just brought us straight back anyway um power so, of yeah, music we, man so, yeah 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 it's beautiful it's beautiful it, is. it really is, it is. It really is. <laughs> Um, so yeah we've got into doing the merch we've got into doing this the, the self-finance singles and then uh we got um, interest from Fluffy Bunny Records, which was a again a bloke who was a picture framer by living, and then he wanted to release music as a as, as a sideline, which he did with his mates. Um, yeah. So we released uh, let's have a think. First, it was Great Fire, that was like an EP that we did with uh, with Fluffy Bunny, and then Barrier. After that, okay. and then after mm. Barrier, mm. Wow. we got picked up by. Um, Mantra Records, which is part of Beggar's Banquet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So we'd had uh, Simple, Great Fire and Barrier out, um, which had three or four songs on each. So we'd had quite a lot lot out before then. Uh, And Mm. then um, I think Fall in Place was our first single on Mantra. And that was when we got the main stage at Redden Slot, which was in 1995. Mm. Um, so yeah, on you go, lads. Uh, perform. It's like fucking hell. There's forty thousand people. <laughs> that, that was the first festival we'd ever been to. Never mind played at. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I mean, how was on it? You go, lads. It'll be fine. Uh, it, uh, 
just recently heard a recording that was done for John Peel. Um, yeah. And I've heard the whole lot. Uh, and when I listened to it, I immediately thought we're going to release this and call it Watts and Al. And that's what we're going to call the uh, the, the live EP. Because fucking hell. All I do is swear, right? Um, <laughs> on BBC Radio, that wasn't too good at the time. Um, no. And, and uh, but all the songs were a billion miles an hour as well. And uh, yeah. But they were tight. And they were, they were in key and they were tight. But fucking hell. Yeah, live, live, you always play them a little bit faster, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nervous energy Oops. and all that. Who else is playing on the bill with you that year? I'm trying to think back on, to 1995. I remember. I think I was there. Uh, 95. Green no, Day was, was there. We, no, we I wasn't. No, I had hovercraft. <laughs> we, we took a hovercraft, yeah. believe it or not. That was the first thing we bought with our record advance from Vegas. <laughs> uh, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> a two-seater hovercraft with an engine on it. You still yeah. haven't explained it. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so you know what a hovercraft is, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So we we were sitting on the train reading um, Auto yeah. Trader as you do. Sure. Okay, looking yeah. at yeah. looking at bikes dribbling uh-huh. stuff like that. Yeah. Being heavily in the motorbikes and stuff like that. All right, all right. Uh, and Bill spotted this hovercraft in the Auto <laughs> Trader. We just went, "How oh, lads, have you fucking seen this? It, it'll be mint, this man." It'll go on land and water. So perfect. We He's right. Look at it. Yeah, we went to have a look at it. It started first pull, so we went, right, we'll have it. So we bought it, painted it black and white, put a blue star on the front, and took it down to Redden Festival. And we drove <laughs> it around the backstage area at Redden Festival in between the buses and stuff like that. It was the That's best That's amazing. That's amazing. So, that where, amazing. where where is the hell of a hovercraft now? <laughs> Well, yeah. the hovercraft died, unfortunately. But the uh, yeah. was it the uh, pink? Was it the fairy animals that had um, a pink tank or something? Oh, super yeah. fairy animals! They yeah. did have a tank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They, they did have a tank. So they got yeah. that tank after we bought the hovercraft. <laughs> right. So you inspired yeah. that. Right. Yeah, well, go thought, one yeah. better, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. We were happy with Typical. the hovercraft, mate. It was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. I, <laughs> how did you get the hovercraft to Reading Fest? Did you drive it? How did you get it there? I don't know. You no, it couldn't go on land and water, Neil. What don't you understand about the properties of yeah, hovercraft? Exactly. Right. <laughs> That's next to a river, isn't it, Reading Festival? Next to a river. So, so Bill had a Ford Escort van, right, with a tow bar on it. We had a trailer for the hovercraft, and it was like a speedboat, you know, the, you, yeah. you, you win up in bullseye. We, I we say that, same thing. <laughs> oh, look, you've won a hovercraft. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Great. Yeah, so uh, that, that was grateful. We even got a, got a push-off green day as well. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. You you said um, that was for John Peel. Like, when you started getting played on the radio and, like, like John yeah. Peel and stuff started playing. I mean, how exciting was that? He's he's my he's my oh, all-time my... hero, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It, it just it just had. We did one one of the first interviews on Radio One. We did with John Peel, and it was so relaxed. And um, even Bill spoke, and Bill never speaks in interviews ever, ever. And he spoke, and he, he was like, "So, John, uh, when was the last time you saw a mid band with a singing drummer?" Then. <laughs> <laughs> John, 
oh, you've got us there, like you've got us. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was all to do with me singing and, and stuff like that, and and just having a, a good time when we played. You know, it it came across when we played songs. It came across that we were having a good time. So, you know, generally the first three people in the rows were were having a good laugh as well. You know, which was what it was all yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Was that at his house? Didn't he used to record the sessions at his house? No, we didn't, made that didn't up? A, we didn't do an appeal session at the house. We did it, it was the the, the uh, Red and Live that he recorded that he, he oh, made okay. his. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we, we went in the trailer afterwards after we we played and, and sat down and, and did some uh, some interviews with him and Steve Lamack as well. Did he did you show them show them your hovercraft? Yes, yeah. Well, one of the first questions is he said, "What the fuck is going on with this hovercraft?" <laughs> He's like, well, "We just bought it, John." <laughs> a good question to ask. Yes, absolutely. It was an icebreaker. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned Steve Mack. I think probably the first time mm-hmm. that I I heard China John was probably on the evening session. Um, I guess right. Biscuit Barrel, maybe or something like that. And um, Biscuit Barrel. I've yeah, I guess. I have to admit, I totally right, okay. thought it was an American band. And I don't know yeah, why. Don't, it's not the wow. voice or anything. It just, the whole atmosphere sounded, not, I don't know. I just assumed it was American. Does that? Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Did, did that help you? Did that help you sell records in America? I, I don't don't think so, because it didn't sound, the Americans weren't fooled by it. If you, <laughs> right. You, that's, you know, yeah, sure. Uh, they, they, those limey bastards that's that's what we was we were renowned as um that like threesome or whatever um but (laughs) we um you know we we didn't do anything we we basically produced that with um on the first version we did with um julian standen um who had um got in touch with us interested in producing our stuff um and he had done uh mrs robinson for the leatherface uh for oh. lemonheads oh wow okay. yeah so and i really liked the lemonheads as well in fact me and dave Same. both did um so yeah, um, when we heard mrs robinson it was like oh brilliant man this is brilliant and then i found out that jules had um had, had produced that so we went yeah yeah let's do it so we did those first two eps great mm. fire and barrier with julian standard yeah. Mm. Oh, that's, that's great because that's a great sounding record in that that dinosaur that um yeah. not dinosaur junior um Mrs. Robinson. Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the way the way the drums kick in at the end, man, it's just fucking yeah. get in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, such a good, yeah. such a good cover. Yeah. But talking about covers, um, yeah, you I don't think you're wondering. Not that can think of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about we got to talk about Wuthering Heights. It's pretty iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. How 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 was that when it started to get a bit of airplay? Did you did you know that it would it would kind of take off in the way that it did? Because it did. Do you know what sort we, of rocket? We didn't have any clue of how um how it, people would get a hold of it and, and champion it. We didn't have hmm. an idea. Um, we thought of it in uh, Phil Barton's house, our manager at the time, me and Bill uh, and Dave were sitting there going, do you know what? I've always wanted to cover a Kate Bush song. And we thought, right, oh, well, let's wow. do it. What a great artist. Oh, man. 
just unbelievable. I might have to plug you in, so excuse me. Yeah, go. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you plug in. It's not the problem. How clever is this? (laughs) That's good, isn't it? We're getting a view of your house. Small small tour of my house. Yeah. You're not in the the pig shed, are you? No, no. (laughs) No. Not anymore. Not anymore. Pig shed's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Got power now. No, uh, he's still there. That's a slight, slightly different, but never mind. That's fine. So, yeah, what was I talking about? Uh, Wuthering Heights. Yeah. So, we got to to record it for the single that we were going to release with um, Fierce Panda. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We did a Fierce Panda release first. So, we learned the song recorded it sang it mixed it all in one day oh, oh really? wow amazing <laughs> so and and that was done that was that was it as far as we were concerned that's the job done i mean we've always done yeah. to do it we've done it right next and we, we started moving on and radio one phoned us up and said mm. lads um if you make that an a side instead of a b side on a on a, a shared single we mm. probably give that a list in rotation, and I was oh, like, wow. mm, "Okay, so that would be a massive seller, wouldn't it, lads?" Yeah, oh, that's not punk rock. Yeah, no, we're not doing no. that. Sorry, you go on. Yeah, so they went, "All right, we're not giving a list." Then <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Right, but, right." Yeah, that, that, that's how it happened, and then it uh, it ended up being a, a hidden track on, on hidden the track. Set. Yeah. It was re-recorded for that, and it, it's actually a slightly different, not different version, but it was just a different recording, that one. Yeah. I guess it took on a life of its own because of your live performances of it as well, right? Because they were, it, it was pretty mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We used to mad. invite people up on stage to be Kate Bush while we played um, Wuthering Heights, and it, the stage yeah. invasions were, I think the most famous one was, um well, the most violent one <laughs> was uh, Nottingham Rock City, where we we asked some one person up on stage to to do Kate Bush at the at the front of the stage, and the whole fucking place just it, me drunk it just got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was quite funny, but uh, yeah, it was a good night. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of covers, I I was listening. I was going. I was listening to some. I was stuff on up on Bandcamp this week. I really like the uh, Enjoy the Silence cover on that. That was great. Oh, dear. Yeah, we did that with Bill recently. Um, Bill, Bill again, Bill just came in with your fancy doing this, like, and then started playing it. I was like, oh, fucking get in. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. So we did it. Yeah. They're just, it's so good to play live as well. It's it's brilliant. So that's the kind of stuff that we're doing acoustically. Uh, so we're doing yeah. a slight question. You know, songs like, do you know Cloud Nine that we do on, uh, yeah, on Goosefair? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah. Bill just starts it off and it's like fucking Riders on the Storm by the Doors. Uh, that sort of tempo. Nice. It's like, what? This really fucking works. <laughs> this is yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Love I mean, we, we did it. Um, me and Bill did an acoustic show at the, um, the Hairy Dog mm. in Derby. And... Uh, there was you know we do song after song but in between the songs we were chatting about tour stories and and drivers that we had for the two of us and mental things that had happened and that you know that i was remembering things halfway through a song and just 
cracking up and laughing my head off because and we had to stop playing because it, I just remembered this thing that had happened on tour that was just so bizarre and funny that we just had to talk about it and stuff like that. So the, the acoustic shows are a mixture of hilarity, songs, and just having a good crack with uh, and, and getting people to shout songs out and seeing if we can play it. Someone shouted out fucking... Um, we used to do we used to do a song called um fucking out's got out of my head. Uh Sleazeball. Right. Um and we we used to do it. It was a mental song at the end of the set, and it was at the end of the set generally because it used to blow speakers and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did an acoustic version of it. Uh, in Derby, because someone went sleazeball, I bet the fucking didn't play it, and, and we played. You did it. Did you do it in fast style? Well, we did it. We did it both kinds. We started off as sort of Riders on the Storm set kind right. of tempo, and then uh, Bill had this guitar pedal looper, so he was looping every time. So it was just getting bigger and bigger and bigger right, and bigger. Right, right. Yeah, just like yeah, nice. this is brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Crack on, Bill. I'll, I'll go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's really cool that you just chuck them, come up on Bandcamp and people can listen to them. That's, it's, it's, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's great that we can have Bandcamp as a platform because there's demos on there that I've found in boxes where you, like, I've recently moved house. Well, not recently, mm. but about a year ago. But I'm still going through old boxes of band stuff yeah. that were in the shed, been packed away. In, just forgotten about yeah so mm. there's our first ever gig that we did as a three-piece me bill and dave in 1987 right mm. and it was done in a, a marquee for somebody's 21st birthday party i think it was that was our wow. first ever gig that we played and we got a recording of it so i put that on bank oh that's up on there is it wow okay yeah yeah look for it but you know, don't don't get back to us on that one because <laughs> sure, there's, there's a lot of cover songs on there, and there's a lot of our own <laughs> old songs on there, and uh, you know, it's really funny watching yeah, uh, listening to it. it. Sure. It's just mint. Like, I mean, we do it a U two cover for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. you got to start somewhere, haven't you? Yeah. We forgive you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Proud pleaser, I think we called them. <laughs> Um, um going back to okay. the touring in the nineties, did yeah. you did you tour America much? Did we tour America much? Um well, I think I, I think we went oh the first tour we did right, I'll I'll count them because I can count them on one hand probably. Uh first tour we did was a summer tune up where we flew it. Second mm. tour we did in a, a car and a minivan. Third tour we did with Ash on their tour oh, bus. So they, yeah. they had a party yeah. tour bus over there. Um, yeah. and fourth tour we did with car and a U-Haul trailer, and then the fifth mm. tour we did. Yeah, so it was five times. Yeah, yeah. You didn't no, take so I'm glad I, to America. I'm, well, we didn't take it. No, we couldn't get it out of the water. <laughs> Run a field by <laughs> Greenland. <laughs> what what sort of crowds are you getting in the, in America? The crowds very uh, different over there. So yeah, so yeah, that's um, what that's what we've heard. 
played CBGBs on uh, the New York side but that was rammed um, yeah. sort of on the east side it was good it was it was plenty of people there middle of states sort of nobody there um, yeah. even the dog got in for now do you know what I mean um, yeah. and yeah. then the LA sort of side uh, San Diego stuff like that. we used to play a venue in San Diego called what the, the Casbah fucking hell it was right. t- absolutely brilliant Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was it the bits in between were you know yeah it was like the, yeah. a different state was like playing a different country yeah we got fast. um we had a similar conversation with uh sid from compulsion and he, he right, said they, yeah. <laughs> they booked him in this venue for 1500 people and like 15 people turned up or something so 15 is that many <laughs> fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's quite happy with that. We got them all up on lucky, stage lucky, instead. So. I, know, I was going to say, lucky, lucky bastards. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, we, I mean, we, we did, uh, we toured with Compulsion in Japan as well. Yeah. I was going to uh, ask yeah. about, I'm I'm in Tokyo. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask about uh, about that. How was it playing the tour in Japan? It was ace, yeah. Really good, yeah. I mean, we didn't, it, 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 it's hard to say a tour in Japan, isn't it? When it's it's Osaka, Tokyo, um, and that that was about it. Yeah, Getting yeah. from one to the other. Nagoya, sometimes, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Nagoya, yeah. Sorry, you forgot mm-hmm. about that. Um, so yeah, but I think we did four or five nights with them. Um, had a mint time, and then we came back, and then went went back. Um, I know it was the other way around. We toured first of all with us, and then the second time we went was with Compulsion. Um, so I think um, that was when we got to know Jan quite a lot, uh, quite mm. well. Uh, we got on with him. Um, All right, that's how you uh, knew him. Okay. Yeah, well, we knew we knew of Compulsion because we used to play at the Hollow Square with him, with them and stuff like that. And uh, mm. if we did anywhere else with Compulsion in the UK, um, I think the Square and Hollow. Um, what was that one in Bedford? Squires, Esquires in Bedford. That was, that yeah, was a good yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it, it, it again meeting a similar band like us who had the similar sort of outlook on life, who mm. fucking just wanted to play fucking rock, punk rock, and yeah, but yeah. not in a punk rock way, but you know what I mean. That 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 <laughs> sort of do what yeah. we want to do type of thing, and uh, we just loved it. Um, so that's how we got no Jan, and then compulsion got dropped. Mm, uh, yeah, and mm. and so we immediately asked Jan. We were busy recording South Me Maniac at the time, and mm. we uh, immediately asked Jan to join the band as our fourth member. Mm. I mean, how did that change the dynamics when he when he got on board? Uh, it was really really exciting for me because uh, knowing how well Jan could play the drums. It was, you know, that I didn't have to. He hit them fucking so hard as well. It was so hard he hit them, and it wasn't yeah. once in every once in every five beats he would hit them hard. It was like fucking hell. He proper waxed these <laughs> bastards. Yeah, like so. Yeah. You know, having that energy coming from him, um, and and just playing it and just playing it right and, and putting all the little flams in and, and stuff like that and, and it was like fucking hell it's like an extension of my own body man it was it was <laughs> awesome so um so That's i got great. on with being yeah i got on with being a tit at the front <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, 
<clears throat> yeah. And yeah. that's when you, is that when you changed the name as well, wasn't it, to the drum? Or... We didn't change the name of the drum until we'd finished touring um, South Me Maynard. So we'd finished that with Jan. Uh, and yeah. then we went into writing the third album. And yeah. when we started writing the third album, we did it as a full piece which we'd never written yeah. as a full piece before. Right. Um, yeah. So that changed the whole writing dynamics. Um, and I think it was to be as fair to our past listeners to explain to them that the writing process had totally changed because there was no, a full no. involved. And, you know, the, instead of three, piece, three people writing songs in a, yeah. in a shed, it had gone to four people writing stuff in the tb ward which is what we called the new sort of rehearsal space that we were using because it had mold yeah. on the walls before, so. yeah. um. <laughs> we're going to the tb ward today <laughs> I, <laughs> that was smelling of piss i guess i don't know what, well until we'd smoked 40 tabs in there and then it was just pure nicotine and, and cigarette smoke, which that got rid of the mold smell as well, which was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'd never heard the album until I, I I knew that we'd be interviewing you and I and um I, I listened to it. I, it's really good. I really like that that Diskin album. It's like a oh, com- combination yeah. of loads of stuff I like. It's uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it, had I mean it it had a lot of ups and downs for me personally. I would mm. I just had uh, a, 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 my eldest son at the time, um. So it was probably about six months to twelve months old, maybe. So it was a it, it was a hectic time for me, and it was really hard. And I'd moved away, so I was living about forty miles away from the rehearsal place. Uh, so it was difficult to get there every day. Um, it was just a hard time for me. Uh, the writing process had totally changed. Uh, I wasn't drumming anymore uh, it, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as we were writing, you know. So it was a difficult process for me, but we got through it fucking by tongue and heather, just hanging on by my fingernails. Mm. And then we released um, this skin. Um, and uh, there was a lot of um, Jan's wrote a lot of songs on on Diskin. He'd he'd written mm. them and, and brought them into the rehearsal space. Um so credit to him. He'd he'd fucking gone, right, let's get this fucking album out and do it. Mm. Um and uh, but it it was such a hard time for me. It really was. Oh, yeah. But I think mm. I, I I can still listen to it now um and, and be proud of, of what we did on there, definitely. It's it's yeah. you know the, the the experimental guitar sounds, the yeah. the experimental drum sounds. Mm. Um, the the different way that I've um you know the, crafted melodies and stuff like that through mm. through the songs. I mean, most of them are, are Jan's melodies on top of the stuff that he'd written. But then there's other stuff that uh, we wrote in in the TB ward, and um, had, uh, I, I came up with the melody for it. You know, so um. But yeah, it, it was a it, it was brain stretching. I think is the best word for it. Yeah. How was it received when it when it came out? Were you happy with it? Uh, it? It got it got some good reviews from some people like Krang and people like that 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 gave mm. it you know 
four out of five, I think. Mm. I could be wrong, but I think that that's what happens. But then people like Melody Maker and Enemy just fucking hated it. Like, yeah. They, they, yeah. How dare you say something different? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They're they're all on the dole now, and I'm not. You know what I mean? There you go. There you there go. You go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so when you did get back together and reform, you kind of went back to your uh, initial sound. Do you do you do you play any of the tracks from that 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 era from that album when you from Diskin? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah the only one that we come close to is uh, Horns Front. Okay, that's about yeah, yeah. the only one. And Reasons we've had to go out as well, so it's a possibility that we'll probably do either Reasons or Horns Front or something mm-hmm. like that but it's um yeah i mean that we play them in 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 rehearsals when me and bill have practiced together yeah mm, yeah okay. no yeah yeah um, um we've kept you head? a long time we won't keep you much longer we apologize yeah yeah what's, right. what's, what's yeah no worries. sorry sorry what's just what's tick- ahead for the band are you you still are you thinking of recording anything new or nowadays yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah we're working, I'm working on some new stuff now um, that Bill's left with us while he's gone over to, um, he's driving his truck in Europe, uh, tramping out of the van, he calls it. So he's living in a truck while driving. So he's earning a living over there. Um, yeah. And I'm working on the uh, vocals on the songs that he's left us. So there's, there's another, okay, cool. probably another 15, 20 to, to get out. And that'll so, be coming out. Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, yeah, so oh, yeah. I, I would say probably once Bill's got back, um, I don't know. I, I'll put eight months on it, but maybe not. Maybe not that long, and maybe longer. I don't. I really yeah. don't know. But but they are in process, and I'm sitting with the with one of my iPad and um, working on Aria Pro, which is a, a great sort of um, app that I'm using. It, it's it's like Pro Logic. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I use that to do all the vocals on and stuff like that. And I've just started sequencing and programming my own drum patterns. Yeah. Um, so, um, it's, so every individual beat is invented by me, <laughs> right. um, no. which is wow. a long fucking process to do. Yeah. Once I've yeah. once I've built the drum kit up and yeah. got it how I used to play the drums, you know, doing the yeah. flams and stuff like that that I used to do. Um, yeah. <clears throat> which I'm working on. I worked on it till three o'clock yesterday. No, today. No, what day is it? No, yeah. Last uh, night. Yeah. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm working on those. And so it's it's a long process and setting the pans out right and stuff like that. Yeah. But it, it's coming out to be the most natural sounding electric. <laughs> I know, know what you mean. You know, yeah, what I mean? we get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to put some humanity back into yeah. the, into the plane because obviously I physically cannot do it. Yeah, yeah, Because um, yeah. my leg don't work no more. Um, but um, it, it, I'm able to use my fingers and I'm able to um, sequence things on the iPad and it's it's sounding like someone's started to hit a drum kit with some proper yeah, drumsticks that's cool. and that's cool that you can do that right? really enjoying it. i'm really enjoying it which is great yeah, yeah, I love that. but I'm, i think it will Brilliant. yeah i love that Brilliant. um lastly we we do ask every band the same question or every person we get on um <laughs> if you could have been if you could have been in any other band in that sort of early 90s scene 
uh, who would it have been and why? I've been asked this before, you know. Oh, what? I thought we uh, yeah. we'd come up with it. No, yeah. I, I think I got, I got it. I got asked this years and years ago. And I couldn't fucking think of one. <laughs> you don't have to. I, I'm going to give you that same answer. I, it would have to be the drum forever. There for you me. go. Yeah. You're, the <laughs> one you're fair. in. Fair enough. That's fair. That's fair. The one I'm in. <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. All right. And if people want to keep up with, with what you're doing, and if you've got any gigs, what's the best best way to keep up with uh, what's going on with the band? best way to keep up with us is on Facebook and um, Bandcamp. Uh, so look us up on, on our Bandcamp page and we do, if you follow us on Bandcamp, we can, uh, we send a message when new releases come out, we send a message when we put a demo out, we send a message when we've got a gig coming up, stuff like that. So, Brilliant. and we've got merch for sale on there. So all the t-shirts are on there. Um, oh, the old Lucky Strike one and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and the, the extra rough shags are on there and stuff like that. So <laughs> it's, it's just brilliant to be able to. And print has come on so much now that we can do a small print. Of, do you remember the um, the Chewy and the Gum shirt that Mike Dunn wore in uh, When I Come Around video? Yeah. And that, yeah, that yeah. was another thing. Like we, we, we were right. in a, a record company meeting and that was being played on MTV in their office. <laughs> And he was wearing like, a China Jump t shirt. We, we yeah. were like, <laughs> <laughs> look, look, look at that, look at that. And he goes, what, What's that, guys? What's what's the blue t shirt up there? That's us, that one. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah, so stuff like that that we can do small runs of, of old classic shirts, you know what I mean? And and obviously the new ones that we're doing because we've done it. I'll just hold, briefly hold this up. Yeah, do it. Show us the new album. Yeah. Of the album. And then. Mm. Um, so we've done a t shirt with that one. Can you see mm -hmm. that? Yeah, and then there's there'd be a t shirt with that on, which mm -hmm. is a very bizarre nice. song. I don't know if you've managed to listen to that all the way through, have you? No, no, not yet. No, no. Well, I'm I'm suicidal by about seven minutes into it, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's quite depressing. That's brilliant. That, that's my favorite. That's what I've modeled, modeled my face on. That's brilliant. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, um, it's, it's a new album. Is it going to get a vinyl release at all? That we're hoping uh, to, moment, but the please. fucking prices of vinyl at the minute. Oh, I, I up, Tell me about it, man. To a, vinyl, a vinyl pressing company, and they were just like, hold on, do you want me eyes out and me shirt and me fucking firstborn? And <laughs> yeah. Just to yeah. do a thousand vinyls, and it's like, oh, yeah. we're sell a thousand vinyls. Can we do five hundred? No, no, we're gonna do five hundred. It's like, oh fuck oh, this. Man. So yeah, yeah, not in the minute. Too expensive. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. fair, enough, fair enough. Cool. Um, thanks very much. Yeah, thank you yeah, very hang much. Around. It's been, been an absolute pleasure. Ah, it's been, pleasure's been ours. So there we go, Adam from China Drum. Funny guy, right? Yeah, it's a really good interview. I really enjoyed that one. He's got some great stories. Dave, did you enjoy it? Yeah, I really liked him. He's just such a likable guy. In, First Geordie yeah. we've had on, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Can you do a Geordie accent, Dave? Oh, I can, man. No. No, I can't. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, Not at all. Obviously, Not at all. Obviously. It's actually quite similar to the Cardiff accent, but I can't explain why that would be. Do that one. Do that 
I can't do that. Cardiff. No, I can't do that either. <laughs> the whole Green Day China drum connection thing, being on that tour must have helped them out quite a lot. Um, but I think it seems from, from the stories and from what he said and what I've read, it seems that Green Day were genuine fans of China drum, right? They handpicked them to go on the tour and stuff. Yeah, I reckon yeah, they yeah. must have seen a bit of themselves in them because maybe three, both three pieces, both that really thumping, very fast Driving. songs. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. They probably just yeah just liked them, thought they were good because they sounded like them. And then it, you know, we've we had we just interviewed Adam and he's he's really funny, fun guy to be around. I think that makes a big difference if you're on tour with a band. You got a get on with them as well right so have a laugh you know yeah and i, I just like how he, he told the story of um teaching green day to speak geordie and the visions of, of, of <laughs> yeah that. really enjoying viz yeah yeah all that sort of stuff and him coming yeah. into the dressing room and, and quoting stuff in geordie and stuff i just think that's great i love all that sort of stuff. <laughs> difficult to imagine isn't it it's great yeah that tour must have been yeah great fun i like the fact they were Rehearsed in the pig shed, smelt of piss. <laughs> it was quite fun. Didn't ask if they actually had pigs alongside them as they were rehearsing, or if it was just an old Didn't pig ask shed. that question, you're right. Oh, an empty shed, that's a good point. It could just been empty, yeah. But I want to imagine it actually having pigs in it. Right. Just milling around Same. while they're yeah, jamming yeah. along. Or like listening and like, you know. If they can doing that, giving advice and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> putting, their, putting their trotters up in the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's imagine. Yeah. Let's just pretend that that's what happened. And they yeah. kind of snort, like you know, to show their appreciation if it's a good tune. They oink, don't they? They don't snort. They don't. They oink. I think they really oink. They squeal and they snort. They don't oink. I'm with oh. Dave. Do you remember the um, the comic Oink magazine? Oh, vaguely, vaguely. It was kind Thank of like you. a kid's version of Deadline. I got There was a flexi-disc, I think, on issue one. I'm trying to think what was on it. Oh, here we go. Okay. All right, listen to this. Oink! Exclamation mark, was a British comic book mm. magazine for children, which was published from the 3rd of May 1986 to 22nd of October 1988. It set out to mm. be deliberately anarchic, reminiscent of Viz, but right. for children. The creators also called Mag cited mm. Mad Magazine as a major influence. Yeah, that was it. I loved this. Uh, not this. Oink. Right. I was. No, I missed that. Wait, oink. wait, wait. I'm going to see if I can find out what was on the flexi disc because I remember really liking it. Oh right, Charlie Come Brooker on. was involved. Black Mirror guy. Yeah, he was still at school at the time, but he co- contributed various strips. What's a flexi disc? Wait there, David. I'm going to show. I'm going to show you. I've got. I've got one. One moment. This is this is what I'm interested in. You know the actual technical side of it all. So it looks like a normal seven-inch record, right? Yeah. It's this um, Japanese band. Does it flex? Trips. Flap it. What? Oh man! Why don't they just make them all like that? Because <laughs> they don't last very long. Oh, and it's only got one again. side. It's only got, it's got well, one they, side. They can right? have it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wrap it around your knob. I'm not going to wrap it around. Why would I wrap it around my knob? What purpose would that serve? Why would you say that? More interesting for the viewers. Um, there you go, flexi disc. I can't mean, I, I probably would be. No, you mean, yeah, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> no, we'd get banned from YouTube. We probably would, we probably would. And uh, 
Don't mind a bit of Ken, Kenzie in the trips. Um, there you go, Dave. That's a flexi disc. Thank you. I mean, it was an obvious thing to mention that Grant Hart from Huskado, he played the drums and sung and that. But he brought it up, not us. Uh, it gave us sort of carte blanche to talk about it. Um, yeah, that's a good shout out. So did what? Phil Collins, right? Do you like a bit of Phil, Dave? Yeah, I, I, my wife can't stand it, but I quite like him. <laughs> why, why doesn't she like Phil Connor? I mean, I, I, I hate know. the guy, but why doesn't she like him? I don't know. She really hates him. And she doesn't hate anyone. Exactly. Yeah, she's the nicest person in the world. How can she? Yeah, there's yeah. some, there's something about him, but yeah, I quite like there some is. Of his Tossa. I really enjoyed hearing about um, Mega City Four and. Uh, how they helped them out and gave them advice and kind of took them under their wing kind of thing. The more kind of, I know Dave hates them, but the more kind of stories we hear about Mega City 4, it's kind of, uh, I'm beginning to understand why, you know, why people have such affection for them. They just seem like the nicest people, right? Just like, I've made it on. I've I made it. No, them. no, Dave, you're not in this conversation. <laughs> uh, it's you, all right, man. You don't like, if you don't like them, it's fine. Me and Luke will just talk about them. It's fine. Yeah. No. You've made your position clear on Mega City Four. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I've got similar notes. I think they gave a lot of other bands advice. It seems like it was very sort of guerrilla, the selling merch, selling CDs at gigs and stuff. Very much like what bands do now, because they can without record labels and stuff. They were big champions of that way of doing things and giving something to the fans, sort of thing at the gigs. Because yeah, he said that. They gave them the idea to sell their singles at gigs and T-shirts and stuff. And, you know, and how cool is it, that. the fact that they, he threw the, their demo tape on stage and he picked yeah, it up, brilliant. went, put it in the tape Never player, works, listened to it, it, thought, this is good, and then phoned them up. That's amazing, right? <laughs> Never works. You wouldn't have thought that that has ever worked, would you? I remember Main Street used to do similar things all the time. Yeah, what, what could the difference be? You know, why could it be that it worked for them but not for, for you guys? It's <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. What's a, a difficult one, eh? No, but to be fair, you can actually listen to Main Street on Spotify and they're quite good, you know. Thanks, Dave. They're, they're all right. They're good. It's they got right. some tunes. They, they did. They did have yeah, some Yeah, they tunes. have. Yeah. But yeah, you, you just, you've got to take those sort of risks, haven't you? When you're in a band, just give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? Done nothing happens. You could destroy your self-esteem for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, there's that. But... You could lo- you lose like 50p on the blank cassette tape. You can't really chuck tapes anymore. It'd be USB sticks and they're more expensive. Soon you'll, you'll just be like, just be like flicking them a song on your Apple Vision Pro. Yeah, with no, just with your mind. You're nearly you're just sending them one by by mind waves. There you go. We've just revolutionised music. Mega City Four always get a lot of love from the bands, don't they? As well as the fans. Yeah, yeah. I'm beginning to understand why. Yeah, it's great. Mm. Obviously, Wizards' loss was always a big loss, but it's it's even more so now. It seems most bands talk uh, about yeah, him. The more we kind of find out <clears> about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blade bred in 1995 and turned up on a fucking hovercraft. Yeah, I just want to chip in on this. I was listening to the interview. I just, it was so annoying. It's like, what do you two not understand about about it? You kept quizzing him on this hovercraft. Like you didn't know what a hovercraft was. Fucking hell, I didn't know that. I don't think that, that came across at all. You might have just sat there thinking, oh, these idiots don't know what a hovercraft is. Of course you know what a hovercraft is, but it's pretty mental to take one to a festival, isn't it? 
it is meant that yeah that's mental but yeah. it, it sounded like you just never heard the words hovercraft in your life <laughs> really is that how it came across yeah. yes. what's it meant to it's meant to be a surprise at taking one to a festival <laughs> I think at one point he might have said, do you know what a hovercraft is? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a weird thing to say. <laughs> I guess it was us. Maybe anyway, you're right, Dave. It still made, made good listening. You you were right to ask how he said they drove there. Yeah, you can't yeah, just, just drive just, one on the road, can you? Well, this is what, but it can go on road and water. No, you can't. Yeah. If they're not roadworthy, no. But Reading Festival is, is next to a river, so... But that's not how they got there. They took it there on a trailer. No. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, of course, on a trailer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just drove it around the, the backstage area. Luke, you brought up that they had an American sound. And Dave, mm. you said a similar thing to me the other day. You said, are they? Well, you, you said, are they American, didn't you? Because you didn't really know. Yes. Yeah, no, I think that does come across in their music. You can't really, it's not a quintessentially British sound, is it? No, no. And you can't hear, you can't hear his accent at all, like when he sings, right? No, 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 no. No, no, there's no Geordie in there at all. No. Same with Sting. I remember the first, it's, yeah, or Rick Astley. He's not Geordie, is but the first Geordie? time I heard his speak, <laughs> no, he's from Manchester. But the first time I heard his oh. speaking voice, I was like, what the fuck? How can Rick Astley sound like that? I thought it was quite interesting that the, the, the guy who produced some of their early stuff was the guy who produced uh, uh, Mrs. Robinson, the Lemonheads version mm. of Mrs. Robinson, which I remember, always remember watching on The Word thinking, this is mm. fucking mm-hmm. great. Well, and the video was good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, no, they did, they did sort of. Well, not American or English. It was, but you just couldn't really tell. It's a bit like Compulsion. They, they're similar. I'd say they've mm. got a similar sort of... Mid-Atlantic. You know, they said that they could have got playlisted on Radio 1 if they'd released Wuthering Heights as a single. But oh, they yeah. said, nah, we're not going to do that. Fuck the man. Isn't it? Punk rock. I know, I, I respect that. Because also, if, if they'd become known for Wuthering Heights, that wouldn't have been right, would it? Cause it's well, not... no, because then you're not getting recognised for your your songs, are you, I guess? Yeah, but it's also so it's... doesn't even, you know, it's not even... Um, like their songs, is it the way they did it? No. It was just, just completely off the wall. Oh, I don't know. I think it's got a China drum sound to it. Their cover, it sounds like them. If someone had come up to Main Street back in the day and said, "Look, if you release Umbop, we'll play on Radio One," <laughs> that's a bad example because it's a great song. Yeah, would you have done it? I'm not sure if every one of the band would have, but I, I just wanted to being a successful band i guess but there's what's success also, you had I the hair at the time didn't you you had like handsome hair back then oh yeah you did it depends on how you measure success doesn't it if success is is fame and money then that's one form of success but if it's sticking to your principles and just doing what you want to do then that's what you got to do isn't it that's what they did but i mean there are a lot of bands that that do that right sell out no they're they're known for a cover and that's like their big yeah. one you know, Dave's favourite top loader are a good example, right? Oh, by the way, they're playing at Wickfest. Are they going to do Onka's Big Mocker in its entirety? Is that the is that the most annoying album title ever? We've already covered this, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> what are they going to do? Because no one knows any of their other songs. They just play that one song for like half an hour. Yeah, but at Wickfest, that will go down a tree. It will. It will. 
But the funny thing is, they're not even the headline act. Oh, really? That's brilliant. <laughs> there are two higher up, and I hadn't heard of either of them. They played at Wembley, and they're not even headlining. They've calculated that, yeah, Punk Floyd are going to go down better than Top Loader as a headline act. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a good calculation to make. The only other note I had was, um, you know, when he was talking about how he's preparing the drum sequences on a computer. I just thought, oh, wow, he, he's into that side of it too, the technical stuff. Yeah, because obviously he can't physically play, play the drums anymore. I think yeah. he's, he's basically designing his own drum kit with his own drum sounds, which is cool, mm. right? That's a cool thing yeah. to do. Now, I, li- I do like it when, um, and I think most most bands do, they sort of embrace the newer recording technology and stuff. It must be good to have that. You can do a lot of it yourself now, can't you? Well, I think it's by necessity, right? A lot of them, are, they've got day jobs and they're, they're touring sporadically and stuff. And, you know, yeah. they they don't have the money or the time to go into a big fancy studio. And most of them yeah. don't work with record companies anymore. They're doing it by themselves and chucking stuff up from Bandcamp. So it's mm. uh, it's all part of the kind of the DIY culture that a lot of these kind of reformed yeah. bands are, are taking on, right? Which I think is really cool. Yeah, mm. I've got a thing with it, though. I have got a thing with it. What's your thing with it? I, I've, I seem to have got another mentioning for Main Street. It's quite Main Street heavy, this one, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> You're trying to get me to put them on the fucking playlist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do it, man. Yeah, do it. Go on. Um, You've got to, you want, What song do you want on there? If... Stick on that streetwalker. You like that one. So put that one on. I there. did like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it about prostitutes? Yeah, but it's a positive. It's a positive. Uh... That's good, man. There's nothing wrong with sex work. Is it based on your own experience? No. I mean, he was pretty hard up for money during that period, wasn't he, Neil? Me? Neil, you were. Yeah. yeah to go down <laughs> oh, in. you're implying that I was the sex worker. Went down Bournemouth docks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, um, the whole music studio's closing down and stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a real shame. I think it's a real shame that a lot of these bands don't even ever get that experience because it's just a great experience to go into a proper recording studio. Did it make you feel like a real band? Yeah, of course it did. And when we recorded, they were still recording to tape, so they had the big old tape reels going and stuff. It's cool, you know. I just think it's a shame that that doesn't happen anymore. But obviously you can't just keep things open because it's good fun, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there might be a whole retro thing of it, you know, people just opening them so that people can have that experience i think uh, most music studios that are open now are passion projects they don't make a great deal of money but they're run by people that can afford to sort of run them at not a loss but not make huge amounts of money out of it well there's that toe rag studios isn't there with uh, billy childish does it has all the retro equipment and stuff like that right i was going to say a lot of bands have started recording to tape again so that's sort of coming back around who knows? Maybe it will get a resurgence. But it is a shame to see all these cool studios sort of closing down. But yeah, it's just progress, I guess, isn't it? And they're always going to be used to record biopics of old bands, you know, the scenes that are recorded in the studio. Well, right. the, then you still need the, a studio for that. The studio where Main Street recorded. Uh, Has it got a plaque? A blue plaque? 
blue plaque outside. <laughs> been knocked down. No, <laughs> they've been so insulted <laughs> by the noise produced on that day. They <laughs> destroyed the building. <laughs> it was tainted forever. That's it for this one. Hope you've enjoyed it. We enjoyed our chat with Adam. Lovely guy. Thanks, Adam, for coming on. Um, if you have enjoyed it, give it a thumbs up. Leave us a comment below. Let us know um, your favourite China Drum songs or if you've seen China Drum live, let us know where you saw them. We'll just start a conversation about them in the comments below. If you're listening, uh, rate, review, do all that sort of thing. really helps podcasts get found by other people. Luke, mixtape. It's going to be basically Main Street Greatest Hits. I'm not even going to bother putting any China drum on it. Fair enough. I'm sure Adam would understand. Oh, can you put Foxhole on it? Yeah, that's a good one. You're putting Last Chance on there, right? Yeah, I can do. I can do. These are all good ones. I like Meaning as well. We'll have one each. All right, I'm going to choose Meaning for mine. Uh, but that's it for this one. Uh, next week we've got Keith from The Farm, which is a good one. So, yeah, that'll be next week. Um, but that's it for this one. Uh, Dave? See you in a minute.